Hello, and welcome to Interdisciplinary, the podcast where we say the quiet part loud and we talk about all the things that people don't want to talk about. And uh, this season in particular, we're talking about information and information literacy and how information and research are living, breathing things, and that uh, we will all be better off if we start to think of them and interact with them in those ways. So, uh, yeah, here we are. Corey, what else do we need to know? Um, You should know that we have a symposium coming up in February that I am super excited about, and we hope enough of you come to fill a football stadium or at least a curling arena, as it will be February. Uh, It's called Within Reach, the quest for information and research. Also, curling is more fun than football, in my personal opinion. Well, and you're a Michigander, so. I, yeah, yep, yep. Yep. That, honestly, that means I should probably like football more, but maybe I digress. Um, so this February, within reach, the quest for information and research, you can get a ticket in the uh, link in the show notes. And we have a lovely sponsor, the Effervescent People at ABMP. ABMP, Associated Bodywork and Massage Professionals, is proud to sponsor the interdisciplinary podcast from Heal Well. Massage therapists and body workers who join ABMP get meaningful resources that make a difference in your career, including free online CE courses, online scheduling included with the ABMP Pocket Suite app, and comprehensive liability insurance that provides protection and peace of mind. Can't get enough podcast inspiration and information? Listen for the ABMP podcast with regular guest hosts, Ruth Werner and Allison Denny. Discover why members expect more and get more at abmp.com. And now the moment you've been waiting for a pun. We have three today, three puns for you. Cal Cates, would you like to go first? Certainly. And I, I have a pun that is uh, sort of in honor of our guest today, who you'll Uh-oh. find out about very soon. Um, <laughs> Do you know why um, we can trust research from France more than from anywhere else? Why? Mm-hmm. Because it's Pierre reviewed. <laughs> yes. 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 Love it. Corey, you brought a pun as well. I did. Um, my pun. Let's see. Did you hear about the professors that went to an island resort to discuss research paper titles? It was a topical vacation. Oh, yes. Uh, these are fantastic. These and are those great. are those are great lead-ins to our uh, intro <laughs> to our guest, Adrian Asta, the president of the Massage Therapy Foundation, who, not surprisingly, has brought a pun as well. <laughs> so my dad grew up in... Uh, a really tough neighborhood. And, and he said, he said, Adrian, my neighborhood was so tough. And I said, really, dad, how tough was it? And he said, it was so tough. The restaurant down the street served broken leg of lamb. That's messed up. I'm sorry that you all couldn't just see um, Adrian holding up the skeleton as in the background in her uh, personal setting right now. Pretty awesome. So here we are with Adrian Asta, who, um, Adrian, I don't know if we warned you, but basically we let our guests introduce themselves. So Great. what should we know about you? What do you uh, want the listeners to hear? <sighs> On my uh, website for my uh, massage practice, it says massage is my art and anatomy and physiology are my muses. Um, so I think ultimately that's what you need to know. Um, we talk a lot about um, kind of the, these bigger uh, projects that we do in these, you know, in these service positions and these positions to, to support our whole community. And, you know, what's the point if it, we can't bring it back to the treatment room? So all of, all of my pursuits in this, in this industry and the trajectory that my career took unexpectedly twice, maybe three times have all been, you know, when, when I, when I felt I needed to be inspired, I just did more massage and put the focus on that. You know, um, I think we 
found each other through the education pillar of our of our industry. And that worked well for me until things didn't work well. Right. So so it was it was painful because I saw that as for me at the time, because it was um, I saw myself in that lane and serving our industry in that lane. And when I when I couldn't serve that way anymore, I was, you know, I had to do some introspection and took some time. And, and it evolved the way it should have evolved. And I'm really, really thrilled to be where I am today. And um, specifically being on this podcast, because it's really bringing all of my values to a pinpoint. Um, and there's certain, I'm a fan of ritual and ceremony and there and kind of marking moments. And while there's a billion podcasts out there and there's a dozen for massage and body work and wellness and all of that, um, to me, being able to speak with Heal Well as a practitioner um, and as a representative of the Massage Therapy Foundation feels perfect. Thank you for having me on. Wow, thank you. It's a it's a a circle of you know mutual admiration. So yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, what else do you need to know? Adrian at your partner in healing .com or president at the Massage Therapy Foundation .com. Um, and I'd love to, you know, have a cup of coffee with you, even virtually. <laughs> and, and that is, you know, people say that, but Adrian means it. So yes. like, you know, if, if you want to zoom up some beverages with Adrian, she totally wants to hear what you're saying. I, I feel mm -hmm. like I just finished reading this book about leadership in turbulent times and the success of the, the four leaders in this book really rested in their interest in real people in the country. And, you know, as presidents, they wanted to know they actually read or had someone in their close circle read and report back to them. What are the concerns of real people? And I think that that's something that's really missing in massage therapy leadership in general right now is just what's really happening for actual providers and, and practitioners right now. And, and what happened during COVID? What's happening since COVID? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Corey, I know prepared some very thoughtful questions, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna stand back with my own <laughs> questions and let Corey sort of you know dive in. Uh, yeah, Adrian, I thought you could tell us what's cooking at the Massage Therapy Foundation. What's cooking, there's a lot cooking, um, and specifically to address what you just mentioned, Cal, where what's really happening in the treatment room um, that that piece is. Uh, we we brought that to the forefront with our practice-based research network um, coming up, right? So right now we're laying some some framework and some foundation, collecting some uh, some information so we could be as supportive as as we can uh, once this thing officially launches. So the practice-based research network PBRNs are are pretty common across um, healthcare disciplines, right? So so the the point here is to have, in, in our case, in our industry's case, to have massage therapists have a place to connect with researchers who want to research about massage um, and to get the feedback from what's actually happening in that treatment room and do, do the work based on that and not kind of these you know, concepts, right? Just getting getting the information that we need to get from the people who are actually doing it. It also gives us an opportunity if there are, if there is a call for body work research that they can uh, go to the PBRN and get a qualified practitioner to actually do the massage part of your massage research instead of maybe a nurse or a, or a loved one or you know just somebody who has the license to do it. Um, we're, hoping, we're hoping to see the outcomes that uh, sh show how that matters. Um, it's also an opportunity for people who work in silos to think a little bit bigger, to get together and give themselves some, some structure and discipline toward um, sharing what they feel about research that they may have read in the IJTMB, for, for example. And, and you know, the, the IJTMB is just, right, it's like the unicorn of, <laughs> of, of publications uh, with being peer-reviewed and... <laughs> And online and open access and you know quarterly and all of the things that 
um, often have barriers to to people, right? We we have eliminated that barrier with IGTMB, and here is you know, here is a, a structure for people who, who are craving it to go ahead and have that conversation. You know, how is this going to affect me in the treatment room? We try to do it. You know, we, sometimes we, we try to make that happen in, in the, the, the center, the, the treatment rooms or maybe spas and, and clinics are, are trying to implement something similar, but sometimes getting other perspectives outside of your work environment are, are clutch to really, you know, understanding the, the scope of what this is. Um, so, so what, I mean, other things that are cooking, let's see, we have, uh, I have a list here. So if I do this on the screen, I don't know if anybody's actually watching. Um, no, you sound seamless. Sounds seamless. Great. So we have, um, I'm excited that we, we just came off of our uh, board meeting. Um, we were meeting out in the Chicagoland area uh, with my board, and we really nailed down the, the values of the Massage Therapy Foundation, which um, I'm super thrilled about. We did this practice for, um, for my company, for Center for Self-Care, um, a year ago at our, at our owner's retreat, and it has been a dream to um, get into contract with people who do the same values and decide who not to do um, before it's too late and you're stuck um, to engage, you know, uh, collaborative uh, partners and, and who value the same thing. And, and really, um, if we get into conflict or if there's a, a portion where we're sticky, we just filter it through those values and the answer shines up. Um, and that is, you know, we did that exercise with the foundation and it, and it worked again. Imagine that. <laughs> um, so, so part of, you know, part of that is being able to, to really engage the right, uh, you know, collaborative organizations and people to volunteer, you know, we're, we're often being asked, you know, how, how can I get involved with the foundation and, you know, a, a lot of times it's, you know, where do we, where do we fit your skill set at this time? So the PBRN uh, is, even though it's going to be standing alone eventually on its own, um, you know, this is a really great way to participate in kind of this, this broader scope of moving our industry forward. Um, so that's, that's exciting. We've, um, we have initiated a, the Bob King Legacy Fund. And if, uh, I'm super excited about that, and I want to uh, I want to talk about that for a second. So I don't know how many of our listeners have had the the pleasure of interacting with Bob King and influencing their work, um, but they um, through conversation, you know, with uh, a potential collaborative partner, we looked at. Um, you know, how do we honor this man who's been past 10 years next year and, you know, really show his legacy? And one of the things that I had been um, kind of itching to do is bring a light to the community service pillar of the Massage Therapy Foundation. And Bob had a portion of his curriculum in his clinic where they had to do community service because it was that important to him. He was uh, integral to forming what is now the Massage Therapy Foundation with the, you know, the, the charge of we need to serve the people who wouldn't otherwise have access. So including myself, a lot of people thought of the foundation as this research organization, but that wasn't its original intention. We realized that that's a way that we can serve, um, but the original intention was community service. And we hadn't really shined a light on that, um, certainly since I've been on the board, um, but I, I think a little bit longer than that. And it's really a lovely piece of what we do. And Bob had this built into his curriculum. Um, so what we want to do is provide a grant to schools who either have it uh, and want to continue or expand it, or schools that were have been looking to implement a community service uh, aspect to their clinic, and um, and we can support them in uh, creating that based on what Bob has taught us through his curriculum. So I'm really excited about the Bob King Legacy Fund. Um, our original goal was 10,000. We've exceeded that, so um, we're we're hoping that to uh, be able to provide more. Um, access to more schools through this grant um, with a $15,000 ask. So, so we are, I'm super excited about that. It's tying our education pillar and our community service pillar together. 
Um, and when we, you know, when we speak of collaboration, um, you know, not only is it collaborating with outside organizations, but within the pillars of our of the Massage Therapy Foundation, you know, very much it was, I was doing our community service grants, and that was it. And we weren't talking anymore. And now we're talking about data collection, and we're talking about how do we shape education? Um, and how do we, you know, the, the community service pieces, are, we're getting a whole bunch of data on you know, socioeconomically, you know, challenged areas and not white people <laughs> and all of the, all of the pieces that we, we are lacking in um, as we, as we continue to, to do this research. So I know I'm, I'm talking a lot because I'm really excited about, I'm really excited about the direction that things are going. Um, we have guests on because people are sick of hearing us talk. So please okay. <laughs> feel free to, yeah, say your things. Um, um, another piece that I'm really excited about is uh, the board just approved us to reinstate our uh, practitioner case report contest. So we are we do a student case report contest uh, at the foundation, um, and it comes with you know publication and uh, the cash prize and you know opportunity to present your work. Um, and and the reason why we had put a, a pause on the practitioner case report contest was because it was. Um, you know, we weren't really getting a lot of submissions. There wasn't really a call out for it, or there was a call, but there weren't a lot of people answering the call. Um, and I think the PBRN is going to help us with this call as well. Um, you know, I, I think about our um, our mentors, right, in this industry, is like who came before us and how did they give. And a lot of it was, you know, taking that oral history and writing it down, right? And, you know, just yeah, I think about Ruth Werner and all of her work that she did to really get us to pay attention to um, everyone who comes onto the table, right? You know, um, you know these these different conditions are are something we all talk about now because of you know the call to bring attention to it. Um, you know, I even think about, you know, uh, Drew Beal and the trail guide team who were, you know, just kind of, you know, made us more aware of what our hands are doing and he pay attention this way and be mindful this way. Um, you know, you can, you can name an author and, and, you know, for, for sure, you know, we can see their contribution. So I think, I think the next call then is for us as practitioners, if we want people to pay attention to what's happening in that treatment room, we have to tell them what's happening in the treatment room. We have a responsibility to do that. So the practitioner case report contest is going to encourage people to do that. And, you know, it's, you know, Ruth et al told us their story. Here's how we're going to tell our story. And we have clients who we love, right? So I was at a, a housewarming party and there's a bunch of body workers there. So eventually we're gonna talk about body work and a colleague of mine had said, I love my clients. I love them. And I really resonated with that. You know, one of the, the benefits of owning your own business is that you get to cure, you get to curate who you treat. And really the the amount of respect and privilege you know that is that I feel working with my clients we need to hear that because I know everybody has that one client who's that one client that you know not only did your skill help them heal but your interpersonal relationship with them also did um, because there's somebody who could have applied the same exact techniques but wasn't you and them and may have had a different outcome so, so we're never going to know that unless you tell me what's happening in the treatment room. So that's our love story. If there's what, 350,000 massage therapists ish in the country, if half of them did one case report, right? 175,000 case reports. Do you know the data we can call from that? And then that's going to tell our story. So if I can incentivize you by giving you a couple bucks and you know giving you an opportunity to get published, great. I want to hear that. Tell me about that one client. Tell me how you changed their life. Tell me how they respect your work. Tell me why they can't go without your work. That's the client I want to know about. Tell me about that. And Case Report is going to be able to give us a vehicle to do that and do it in a way that is easier for our allied professionals to also talk to us about it. 
it's exciting. It's really an exciting time. And that's, that's what I'm asking of your audience is like, really consider that one client. Tell me how awesome they are. It makes me, it makes me come up with a question that, um, Corey, you can like throw up your flag and be like, no, there's more questions already. Um, but, uh, it makes me wonder if MTF sees itself as having any kind of a role in uh, the, I don't know, I don't even want to call it a movement because that's even like a polarizing word, but the yeah. the movement to elevate and diversify education standards. Because when you talk about this thing that like, you know, yes, everybody needs rubs. And this is what we talk about all the time. Like if everyone was rubbed kindly on a regular basis, the world would be a different place. But the value that massage therapists bring goes far beyond our hands. And I don't think we've done a good job researching. Um, and I don't think as a profession, well, I know as a profession, because at Healwell, we're constantly creating educational content that has nothing to do with your hands. And that doesn't get approved for CEs because it, you know, quote unquote, doesn't fall within the bounds of insert phrase that means we don't count this. And because <laughs> we've been getting these CEs approved for 21 other healthcare disciplines, it seems weird that massage therapists, that our profession doesn't feel like these things are valuable, but you've just alluded to like, it is an interpersonal intervention. It is not just a mechanical intervention. And I feel like, um, I'm curious if you see MTF having a role, uh, in shifting the conversation within the profession about like, what is valuable in terms of quote unquote, well, not even postgraduate education. I mean, I think a lot of this stuff should really be incorporated in our foundational education, but what's, you know, we're never going to argue that people are actually being harmed by not having a practitioner who knows these things. And that's what people always come back to is, well, show me the damage that's done. I'm like, why do we have to come from that perspective? Right. Like, show me the we, benefit that is brought. Yes. So, so one of, one of my favorite quotes of all time is by Lily Tomlin. And it said, if, if working, if trying harder, isn't working, try softer, right? We, we don't have to come from this scorched earth place all of the time. Like, let's, yeah. you know, we are in a preventative, you know, profession, um, you know, typically. So, so why can't we just go from there? D does MTF see a role in shifting that? Of course, especially with me uh, at the helm, um, you know, and it's a mountain, right? You know, you, it's a mountain move. Um, and, you know, and you know, there is collective um, uh, energy into let's really look at this. It's time. Where are we going now? Our research agenda talks about um, components of this, right? So these are the, the, the call out, uh, the, the call out pieces that we're going to be asking for. Um, you know, I think there is a push right now for mechanistic things so that we can, you know, really make sure that we're not making false claims about what massage does. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to move forward with, with some of that. Um, but, you know, we need to, we need to start, you know, I hate to use the word taking risks because it's, you know, that's, that's not what it is, but I mean, we, it's time, it's time, it's time to move the needle. We're all itching to do it. Um, you know, I, I have a really fantastic board that's, that wants to, you know, kind of very action oriented. And the only way we're going to shift things is if we have information about it. So, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping for, yeah, I can't do it in one term. <laughs> right. right. So, that's right. Right. So you could totally but, FDR it. We'll just keep rolling you over. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think the, the idea is to be as impactful as possible and impact is making a difference. So doing the same thing over and over again is not going to make a difference. Well, and I think, I mean, I appreciate you bristling about like, I don't want to say taking risks because like, because I mean, what I interpreted and you can be like, nope, that's not what I meant, um, is that it shouldn't be a risk to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. But that's really what you're suggesting is that like we say, so hi, how long have we been dithering about this <laughs> and where have we gotten? And so let's just put the, put the cards, put the data, put the, pick your sports metaphor or whatever out on the table yeah. and say like, these things don't work. We've tried them over and over. And exactly like you said, if we keep doing the same thing and it's not working, let's yeah. stop doing that. 
Yep. And that means we're going to have to do not just like new things, but things that have never been done and that the, some of them will work and some of them won't work. And, and there's, um, I have a, you know, I have a strong pull to, you know, think if things happen in the past and they didn't work out, but, you know, a, a new group of minds get together and if the minds are diversified enough and that idea comes up again that didn't work 10 or 20 years ago, we have a new context. So therefore it's new. Um, and I don't want to not try things that, you know, were, were thought about, attempted, failed, because like, what's the point of failure if you can't learn from it? So, you know, so if there's a, if there's a, a, a step in that direction, um, I'm, I'm not opposed to revisiting a concept um, as, you know, in the light of this may shift, right? And where were we, where was our mindset a decade ago? And where is it now? Um, and is it different? And if it's not, that's okay. We just move on, but to not, to not re-examine or not examine where that came from, um, you know, the history is important. Um, and yes, I agree. We got to do some things that haven't been done before. I think the PBRN is is a big piece of that. I, I feel like one of the things that we struggle with at Healwell is that the things that we talk about, there's a subset of massage therapists who are like, ooh, I want to learn about that. But that most massage therapists, many massage therapists, I don't know, mm -hmm. we can choose a, a modifier, um, mm -hmm. are like, mm, how's that going to help me? And so like, you know, I think about, I'm a random massage therapist who's not real invested in the profession broadly or whatever, like mm -hmm. doesn't even know MTF exists, et cetera. And I see that there's a webinar about a job task analysis. <laughs> That's not for me. And so like what, you know, I don't, I don't want you to like, I mean, unless you have a better verbiage, but like, I, I feel hopeful that uh -huh. part of what you're saying is that MTF gets that there's like a, it's not even, maybe it, we can call it a language barrier, but like, people aren't interested in research because the words don't make sense. Yeah. And like, they don't see how a job task analysis would yeah. actually inform how they work or how they work with their colleagues and that kind of stuff. So we didn't, we didn't call it the job task analysis. <laughs> yes. Yeah, good. Nice work. Nice work. <laughs> yes. It was a, you know, er ergonomic, uh, you know, um, you know, longevity, you know, kind of mindset. Cause that, you know, that's the, the purpose of this was to reduce injury and uh -huh. um, see, see what, you know, um, what's taxing our body the most. And, you know, hopefully we, we get to see some, you know, ideal workspace height, you know, uh, areas and things like that. And, helping companies not have to pay out on workman's comp so much because we can give better directive, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so um, back to that, you know, back to that question is um, uh, maybe you need to restate it because I feel like I went down. down Listen, what I'm saying is next time you have a webinar about job task analysis, oh, you should yeah, call yeah. it Daytona and puppies. It's all I'm yeah. saying. Oh yes. Oh. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. For How sure. do you get massage therapists to be like, that's a thing I want to hear about. And, yes. and how um, do we also get people who, because I feel like when we're, when we were reaching out for people to speak at our, our information literacy symposium in the, in February, we were like, researchers sometimes are boring when they talk to people who aren't researchers. And so yeah. how do we really engage the people who are excited about research and can pull in the people who didn't know they cared about research? Right, man. <laughs> Uh, you know, definitely having some image of puppies is, is helpful. Yes. Right. You know, so always you know, my, my, my vision is to, you know, talk about, and, and this is, this feels like it would be aimed at eventually an earlier, uh, uh, earlier massage students, or, you know, somebody who's early in their practice is that, you know, massage research is not, you know, lab coats and Bunsen burners. Right. You know, and, and, I feel like then you start to like, okay, right. You know, when I think about distilling things down, I think about that. It's like, I would, I remember when I was working in the school environments, that entry-level school environment, we're talking about all of these things at orientation, like they want to know where the bathroom is. They want to know when they can eat their lunch. 
and they want to know if their their study habits are okay. Like, let's start there. Um, so, so I think the PBRN gives us hope for that because it's going to be a bunch of people who are like, you know what, I want to know a little bit more and I want a group of people to kind of help me with that. That's not in this kind of meeting environment where I need to like, you know, we're going to go, we're going to do this class for a CE. And then we're, I mean, you're going to be able to do that, but not like this, you know, chapter meeting that I have to go to in order to get informed, right? It's kind of a little bit more coffee clutch type of, you know, type of feel to it, which is important, you know, and some people hate that, that formal learning environment. I did, I do my best learning when I touch people, right? You know, it's like, it's not the, and of course I'm excited about the info. And of course I want to hear the experts, you know, say it to me. And there's whole professions out there about, uh, you know, dealing with um, uh, technical language and and di distributing it to uh, a lay person even, or a lay massage therapist. Um, you know, a, it's not clear how uh, how we can, you know, move forward with the next action step for that, other than just continuing to talk to people. I feel like that might be my strongest suit as, as the president of this organization is that I'm in the treatment room a lot, you know, and I love being that voice of representing our people, our massage therapists, because I do it. I do it every day. I mostly do that. That is what my, most of my income is based on. So I, I see you and I hear you and I know you and I am you. So, you know, just we're here for you, right? And I, I really want to make a welcoming environment for people to say like, I don't understand what the heck is going on. Like, like if, if I could just do that, just come to me and be like, I have no idea. I have no clue. I'm cool with that. You will not be judged. You will be welcomed because I need to hear that. How can I serve you if I don't know what, what is tripping you up or what you want to see or what you want to hear or what hurts to hear. It's a long lot of words for a lot of Well, <laughs> but I think, I mean, and I think as one, of, I can't remember what I was reading this morning, but I said something about, um, oh, it was actually James Baldwin talking about, um, how white people feel about black people. And he's like, what I believe is your actions. Your words say one thing, but your actions are something else. And I think part of, you know, I don't, I think that in circles that are invested in research and interested in research and kind of working in a more, I don't even want to say like clinical because people say, well, I know that I work in my basement, but it's still very clinical. Like people who are interested in this, I think the Massage Therapy Foundation has a, a very respectable reputation. And I, I feel like it's been a little buttoned up, historically speaking, yeah. and that I think it's going to take a little bit for people to see that the Massage Therapy Foundation is like, no, get in here. Yeah. Like, ask me your questions. And right. like, you know, I, I think that even just the the regular talks that you've been giving and, you know, I wonder, I, I will look forward to seeing um, what kind of like, we have office hours at Healwell where people just come and talk about the things. And, yeah. you know, I would be real curious if, if massage therapy foundation, you know, or some of the trustees would be able to, or willing to host like, Hey, come and ask your quote unquote, dumb research questions. Like, let's get the people <laughs> yeah, like who, it. who, cause I, I think the other thing that happens when you get researchers together is that there's a sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional jargon thing that happens to kind of say, see how smart I am. And see how I belong in this space. And I think unless you quote unquote already belong in that space, you feel like this isn't for me and I don't get it. And nobody wants to feel dumb. And I think that's a big hurdle that we have to overcome in the massage therapy profession is that like, we know a lot about massage. And for most of us, there's really no reason that we should know anything about research sort of from our training. But we need to know about research. And so now is the time. And how can we make that learning accessible so that people can can really feel useful and like they can interact in a real way with information and research? I think with my little tiny micro uh, CE business, that was always my goal, right? You know, it's like courses like 
why aren't you massaging the abdomen, right? You know, so like, and, and things that feel tangible. Um, and, you know, we, we really, we owe it to ourselves to be able to bring that person who is in the treatment room who doesn't think they care because what difference is it going to make and how is it going to change my practice up to a place where it's like, you know what, we really should be paying attention to this and, and have a space to go to, to, to make it better and hopefully get their skill up if they need it. Um, you know, and, and kind of make that bridge between like, if we know this, then you would make this choice or it would be, you know, it would be um, supported to make this choice and the success that could come of that. Right. So, so really not only just, you know, there's, you know, there's visibility, right. You know, people, some people know of the foundation and what role they have in the industry. Okay. So there's, there's a, a part of the problem is there is like, Hey, do you even know that we're around? Um, and then, you know, um, credibility, you know, our, our research is solid. Our people look to us for, you know, for, um, that, that piece, you know, for, um, gathering, you know, having good rigor and being able to choose studies and, and, uh, having a publication that's really solid. Um, but, how, do, how does that lead to profitability for us, right? For, for us as an industry, right? That's fine that those two things are there. One's kind of partially there, but how does that make me more profitable? How does that sustain my business? How does that set me above other practitioners? How does that show my clients that I have this elevated level of care? How does that make me attract the right client who is willing to make massage therapy as part of their life and not this one-off thing here and there? And some people might want the, the client who has the one-off thing here and there. Some people don't want to get that deep in that relationship. Though some people are fine seeing them that twice a year that they're in town and, and they would prefer that. Um, and we need to explore that. That would be cool. That would be cool to, to see that because not, not everybody wants to go there. Not me, right? So, and that's that's something that I have to that's something I have to remind myself of is that because the interpersonal relationship is important to me in, in the outcomes, I interact differently with my community looking for a client who also knows that that is important to their care. Some people don't care about that. So why would that person want to know about the interpersonal relationship value of massage? Of massage? Um, okay, well, then you don't participate in this portion of, of what we're looking at, the data we're collecting and all of that. That's the cool thing about the PBRN. It doesn't cost you anything and something comes through. So, you know, say somebody wants, uh, you know, somebody wants uh, uh, to do research about massage and MS in in this city. So we're looking at these zip codes. If you don't want to participate, you just say, okay, I'll just wait for the next one. So that's kind of cool. Like it's kind of cool to be able to um to see that there's a bunch of people who really want to participate in, you know, not with the lab coats and Bunsen burners, but in the capacity that we are trained to do and still be a part of it and still move it forward. You don't have to have any kind of special anything. Um, so, so the, the translation of the, the, the big stuff will be easier if, if they're part of that ecosystem. I think people, this is part of, I, I suppose the whole thing about like, why I love research and I want you to love research, um, <laughs> but with the Bunsen burner and the lab coat thing, I think people feel that research is inaccessible for them and it's not what they do and it's not ever what they're going to do and why would they care but i i think we just haven't done a good job of explaining to people how many types of research there are and how many topics you can research on so i would be fascinated to read a report about how clients like move and operate and like how many people really do want to make massage part of their lives and how many people really are those one to two time a year people and why they have chosen those things and like maybe what their um, expectations are walking in or what their preconceptions are walking into a massage place. And that's a whole field of research. And that I, 
honestly sounds way more readable than lots of other things, <laughs> frankly. Um, but that's information we need too. So if you're like on the edge or you know waffling about joining the PBRN, like that's information that's probably going to come up at some point. And I can almost promise you because I might do it myself. But <laughs> but that's that's the kind of information we need. We don't necessarily need people like measuring joint angles precisely about things that's not like we're there's people that do that and it's great and generally they're in kinesiology and they're you know really good at it but the data that we just don't have at all is about massage therapists and their practice and how they practice and what they practice and what they do and the only way we can get that is if you tell us and join and we want to know yes and um I'm glad you brought that up because we really have a unique job, right? So there are other um, there are other professions that effleurage. There are other professions that stretch. There mm-hmm. are other professions that corrective exercise. There are no other professions that ask to have the client remove their clothing and lay down while you're standing clothed and you touch them and they don't touch you. And that is, that is the distinction. (laughs) It is, it is. And like Cal said, nothing to do with the technique yet. And um, sure. Yes. We want to know like, why am I choosing the, the strokes that I'm choosing in order to treat the client that I'm treating and there's a lot that happens right before then, <laughs> right before then. So um, those are important things. Those are valuable things. Those are the things that set us apart from other industries, right? We, I'm not quite sure of another industry that spends as much time one-on-one with a person than we do other than surgeons. And they are not, you know, the, the patient is not awake <laughs> right for that. So um it is important that we look at at those those components of of what we do. I think the other profession that spends that much time are actual talk therapists. Mm. But the which, client's closed. But they're closed. That's, that's true. <laughs> I mean, and, and, no touching. and, and there's no touching. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah, those are important. So what, so you, you took the helm of the MTF, if that's the thing we can say, because of course the very capable and uh, I don't even know how to describe like Ginny Olson's commitment to the massage therapy profession, but (laughs) the executive director of MTF, Ginny Olson, obviously she's been there for a minute. Um, So I guess you guys are, are co-helmers, but you know, this is, this is pretty new for you. And so what is, what would you say is the, what are you most excited about? With what's so, yeah, so um, I I thought it was going to be um, a researcher who would be next, just in the the you know looking at past presidents, how you know it was kind of education research clinician, right? And it was kind of going in in somewhat of a pattern, not inten- unintentionally. That's not any of the criteria that you know they they choose. Um, so I saw myself in the clinician, you know, role of the board and thought that oh, maybe a researcher next and then I'll go. And then when we were at the um, uh, International Massage Therapy Research Conference, there was um, there was an engagement that I noticed that we needed to have at the foundation that wasn't happening. And that's my strong suit. I, I am a collaborative and community person and um, we can't do anything separate. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's, it will never work. We need support. We are, we are a philanthropic organization that can do the research if we get the donations to do it, right? And I do not feel comfortable asking anyone for money that we're that we are not in relationship with. And the it is important that our values align. It's why I wanted to do the values exercise with um with the foundation is because like we're not just gonna cast this wide net. We need to really, really think about who are who we want our partners to be and make sure that they're as invested in this as we are. 
it's important, you know, and, and I found that my, you know, um, my time in the treatment room and um, my, you know, uh, networking ability um, could be really strong skill sets for the foundation at this time as we're coming off of a uh, pandemic and you, you know, you know, at heal well, um, you know, just kind of the concerns that, that we all had. Right. And then, and then coming back into, into community in person uh, and the kind of the apprehensions about that. Um, and it, it's time, it's time to reconnect. And we have to do that in a way that's mindful. We have to do that in a way that um, is supportive. We have to do that in a way where everybody wins. I do believe that there is a way to do that. I know it's my optimism, sunshine and rainbows glasses, and I will wear them till I die. I want to be buried in them. Um, although I'm not going to be buried, but that's okay. Like proverbial. Right? We'll have you on another episode to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> um, it's so, so, um, you know, I, we're put on this earth to help each other. And I feel like I can serve not only the industry, but, you know, I know it's hokey, but I feel like you know, we, we can heal the world. We can. Um, and it's going to take a lot of work. We have a lot of work to do. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm privileged to take on that responsibility in this position. I don't think you're going to get any pushback from me or Corey about your <laughs> optimism. Um, no. And I, and I think, I feel like one of the things that is exciting to me about your leadership there is that I feel like the, the strength, the type of leaders we need in this profession, uh, like, so you're the president, but if you look at who else is on the board and who else is on the staff, mm -hmm. you have pragmatists, you have longtime massage therapists, you have people who have seen what has gone well and what has not gone well in the profession. You have a team of people that I suspect from knowing you that you will invite into the conversations about where the organization is headed. And I think so often that when you become the quote leader of an organization, that person behaves and assumes that they are the boss and they are supposed to set and deliver the vision. And yeah. it's like, why would you waste all these other people who are Yeah, <laughs> man, and you're so talented. So you have like a dream team over there. I do. And we have a couple of people that um, we're engaging who I'm going to bring on as well, uh, or our governance team is going to bring on. And I'm super thrilled about, they are these engines, man. They are, they are, they're all action oriented you know, it's time. We kept, we kept saying it's time. It's time. It's awesome. You know, so, yes. so I'm really, and we're doing it in a way that is, you know, that is not like, yeah, right. You're not this like beauty and the beast, like kill the beast, right. Kill them, kill the lack of information beast. <laughs> right. It's, it is, how, how do you want to participate in this franchises? How do you want to participate in this corporations? How do you want you know, participate in this individual practitioners because we all have our place, you know, and we, we all contribute to, you know, uh, Doug Nelson calls it the ecosystem, past president calls it the ecosystem, you know, a lot. And yes, we need each other, right? That fish tank where you just got to cultivate all of the things to make us, you know, uh, live in this beautiful flowing world together without eating each other. We don't need to do that. <laughs> That's right. right. I feel like you know? you're a, your motto is a lot more be our guest than it is kill the beast. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <You> bet. <laughs> Should make you a candlestick, I think. <laughs> okay. Pretty sure. So if you, so you said that you all have nailed down your values and I, mm -hmm. I think this will, this will be my last question. Mm -hmm. Um, only because of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's your favorite of the values that you all set forth? Ooh. I know it's very Sophie's choice, but. You know. uh, yes, it is very Sophie's choice. Um, collaborative community is mine. I know it's a hyphenated value, but we'll <laughs> collaborative slide. community. It, it was mm -hmm. what I came into this role um, wanting, you know, that was always my intention. Those two words were, you know, it were something that I would, I would, uh, visualize and meditate on. Um, 
you know, um, as I interacted with um, however I, or whomever I was going to interact with, like it just had those two words in mind. Um, and I'm glad that the board wanted it as a phrase because they found both important and I had a rule that we could not have more than seven. So <laughs> Um, That's so col collaborative community kind of encapsulates one, um, uh, one idea that's most important because I mean, we're, you know, we're, we can be the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, that whole thing. I, I, I believe that I believe we can, a lot can get done and a little, you know, there should be little burden if we all come together and do it. And that doesn't mean we're all doing the same thing. It means we're in it together, this ecosystem that's just kind of, um, you know, challenging each other and examining what's not working and cleaning it out and going to the next step. It's okay yeah. if we disagree. We should just do it together and in relationship. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Corey, you got anything else? No, actually. For perhaps the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really excited to see um, where MTF goes and to be whatever part of it um, individually and as heal well that we can be, because I think there's really incredible potential there to um, kind of breathe life back into the profession. I feel yeah. like we really have some serious stagnation happening and uh, we need some some more leadership and some more people who are willing to take risks and orgs yeah. that are willing to take risks yeah. and yeah, shake us out of the stupor. I would be um I would be remiss in my position. You know, I if anybody has a couple extra bucks after you've donated to Heal Well, if you have uh <laughs> That's feeling right. uh if you're feeling uh generous this year, uh drop a few bucks over at Massage Therapy Foundation. It goes through some really cool things that are gonna move us forward. Um and you know, um, we have lots of resources for everyone. I'd love to tell you all about them. So feel free to reach out. Awesome. Thank you for everything you do and for being with us. And uh, we'll be bugging you some more because uh, we want to know what's going on. We want to help you get the people on the bus going the right places. I'll have the puns ready. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another episode of Interdisciplinary. Thank you, kids, for being with us. And uh, definitely check out Within Reach, our symposium coming up in February. All the cool kids are going to be there. We'll be there, too. And uh, we'll see you then. Interdisciplinary is produced by Heelwell. Our theme music is by Harry Pickens. New episodes are available weekly through your favorite podcast outlet. Uh, and you can send us an email at podcast at healwell.org. That's podcast at healwell.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>